Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Tick-tock, Nazi doc. It's high noon for Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also join me on Gab, where I occasionally am, at I'm Your Moderator. And the merch site is www.cancelcotour.com. Today is the 112th day of Barack Obama's third term, as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth, Hunter Biden. So congratulations, communists. You found someone even weaker and more corrupt than yourselves to put in charge of the most powerful nation on earth. And that said, I would nonetheless like to extend a warm Wednesday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. I doubt you're listening to this on purpose, but I'm glad someone forced you to. Because if you listen and you can tolerate a little bit of mocking and ridicule, which, by the way, you totally deserve due to the stupid and evil and absolutely foundationless ideas that you hold inside your commie brains, then in a few short weeks, you will be well on your way to becoming an American again. And I'm promising you, you're going to be so much happier that way. You can stop pretending that you think there are 57 genders. You can stop pretending that you're racist just because you're white or sexist just because you're a man. You can stop pretending that you know things about science, and that's why you care very much about climate change. You can stop wearing masks to show how good you are because you'll realize that it actually makes you look really silly. Trust me, it's just better over here. Now, Anthony Fauci's day did not improve yesterday after he left the Senate hearing. 
his position has gotten considerably worse as the country begins to realize that, yes, Anthony Fauci directed the funding to EcoHealth Alliance and Peter Daszak that went to the gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology that almost definitely brought the coronavirus pandemic into the world. And it actually doesn't matter how many times Anthony Fauci figures out a way to say he didn't do that while also in the same sentences admitting that he did. And it doesn't matter how many shills on cable news try to run cover for him as Joe Scarborough did this morning. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a provable statement of fact. And if you guys aren't heading over regularly to the National Pulse by this point, you really should. This is from today, Natalie Winters, of course, May 12th. Fauci-funded researchers headlined Wuhan Lab Gain-of-Function Conference. Recipients of grants from Dr. Anthony Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases headlined a Wuhan Institute of Virology conference focusing on gain-of-function research and gene editing. The National Pulse can exclusively reveal. A press release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, believed by many to be the source of COVID-19, recounts the second China-U.S. workshop on the challenges of emerging infections, laboratory safety, and global health security. The May 2017 event was co-organized by U.S. National Academy of Sciences, Chinese Academy of Sciences, Wuhan Institute of Virology, CAS, and Hubei Society for Microbiology. According to the Wuhan lab, the event had five academic sessions, the first of which was a gain-of-function research, gene editing, targeting and delivery, and other novel biotechnology. Among the Americans in attendance as special guests were professors Linda Saif, James LaDuke, and David Relman. Together, the three professors have received nearly 200 grants from the National Institutes of Health, with 75 coming from Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. LaDuke, whose earliest grant can be traced to 2006, has received 32 grants from the NIAID, according to the NIH registry. He runs the Galveston National Laboratory, which was constructed under grants awarded by the NIAID slash NIH. Saif, who counts funding from NIAID since 1985, has received a total of 56 grants from the NIH, 43 of which came from Fauci's NIAID. And Relman, who's been funded by the NIH since 1996, has received 90 grants from the NIH. He also received the NIH's Pioneer Award and the Transformative Research Award. The Unearthed Conference follows a heated exchange between Fauci and Senator Rand Paul, where NIAID director denied providing funding to the Wuhan Institute of Virology to conduct gain-of-function research. NIH grant records reveal, however, that money sent to the New York-based EcoHealth Alliance was used for research conducted at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The official event webpage states the opening ceremony was chaired by Professor Ming Yuan, the director of Wuhan National Biosafety Level 4 Laboratory. Professor Jinwen Chen, the director of Wuhan Institute of Virology, delivered the opening address in which he pointed out that as a qualified academic exchange activity, this workshop will definitely put forward new ideas for the research on emerging viral diseases control, biosafety laboratory, and global health security. The workshop is divided into five academic sessions, including gain-of-function research, gene editing, targeting, and delivery, and other novel biotechnology, public health response to outbreaks and issues, emerging infectious diseases and global health security, high-level biosafety laboratory, construction commissioning and sustainment, and biosafety, biosecurity, and bioethics. Experts delivered 23 speeches in the workshop and mainly discussed policies in response to emerging infectious diseases. Professor Linda Saif from Ohio State University, Professor David Relman from Stanford, Professor James LaDuke, the director of Galveston National Laboratory, and Professor George F. Gao from Institute of Microbiology, CAS, attended the workshop as special guests. So, once again, 
it's quite clear that Anthony Fauci lied to the Senate at the hearing yesterday. And he has been lying to the American public the entire time. If somehow he does not know the real situation with this virus, then he is purely and thoroughly incompetent. But whether or not he knows about this exact virus, there is no doubt that he knew what kind of research was happening there. This is from Sean Davis in the from The Federalist. He tweeted this yesterday. Senator Rand Paul has Anthony Fauci dead to rights on the charge of sending taxpayer money to the Wuhan virus lab. From 2014 to July 13th, 2020, NIAID sent $3.75 million to EcoHealth Alliance to study, quote, bat coronavirus emergence, end quote. EcoHealth Alliance then sent 600,000 of that to the Wuhan lab. And then he posts the link to the official usaspending.gov page for Fauci's Wuhan bat cash spending spree. Davis then writes, let's take a look at what was done with Fauci's grants to EcoHealth Alliance in Wuhan. There is a sentence that he pulled that says, we constructed an infectious clone of a SARS-like bat coronavirus. That's the definition of -of gain-of-function research. He goes on to show more information. We know that research was funded by Fauci and NIAID because it explicitly says it was funded by the same NIAID grant listed here at USA Spending. The lead researcher who received the Fauci grants from NIAID via EcoHealth Alliance even admitted in his own writing that he would be conducting gain-of-function research by engineering infectious strands of cloned SARS-like bat coronaviruses. (laughs) I mean, Anthony Fauci is just a stone-cold pathological liar, and he's also a narcissistic egomaniac, which is obvious. The way he responded in that hearing yesterday, you know, because I've watched it, I've listened to it a couple of times since then, you can see on his face he's like smirking, like, Aren't any of these Democrats going to tell these Republicans how dumb they are and how right I am? And I didn't play it yesterday, but right after Rand Paul finished his line of questioning, the next senator to go, I can't remember who it was. It was one of these totally nondescript Democrats. She came out and, you know, gave like a minute long diatribe about how uh, unhealthy for our society conspiracy theories are and then asked Anthony Fauci if they were unhelpful to him too and he's like yeah you know the these conspiracy theories yeah they really do make our job tougher except the only conspiracy theory is that Anthony Fauci is smart and honest and competent this is going to be So joyous. The downfall of Fauci will be one of the greatest things that has happened this entire time, because it's not just about Anthony Fauci. Obviously, Anthony Fauci is an avatar for a fundamentalist brand of scientism that is pervasive in this nation right now. And like I said in the open. This is exactly the same as climate change. You find a collection of so-called experts who will say the thing that those who hold power over them want them to say. And all you need to do is find a large enough collection of them and then have the media pump up those credentials so they seem like the only experts worth listening to. And then they say things like 97% of scientists agree with blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of people who don't know anything, anything at all about an issue will be firmly on one side of it. And they will think that the things that they say are firmly backed by legitimate, good, indisputable science. And that is basically never true. And so what we have is half the country who chooses not to think for themselves at all, not to research for themselves at all, not to even find out anything about what they're talking about. And they're more than happy to repeat it. I had a lot of interactions 
uh, last year in the fall with people who were, of course, going to vote for Biden. And that was obvious. But they would try to have conversations about certain political issues. And I would explain the issues to them. Obviously, they don't know anything about them. And they wouldn't be able to dispute anything. Ultimately, they would try to get out of the conversation if they wanted to, you know, kind of preserve their intellectual standing in their own minds, obviously, because I can see quite clearly they don't have any actual intellectual standing. But they would say, well, you know, I really care a lot about sustainability and I'm going to, you know, ultimately, I'm just going to vote for Biden on his environmental policy, if nothing else. Oh, got it. So even if you don't know anything about coronavirus, and even though I can show you, you don't know anything about climate change, and you certainly don't know anything about politics, and you have no clue about any of the things you insult Donald Trump for, you're still saving the world because everyone knows that the Democrats are going to save the environment. That's madness. That's just religion. Okay, there's nothing behind that. And no one is a bigger promoter of that than Anthony Fauci. He says completely contradictory things all the time. He says he's referring to data and then doesn't list any of the data. As I mentioned on his appearance on Meet the Press the other day, he said, we can see from all the data, it's overwhelming that masking makes a a big difference when it comes to the spread of infectious diseases. Well, there is no data supporting that. There's no data anywhere supporting that. And knowing that, he still said what he said, and the data he referred to is now we don't have flu. Of course, we do have a virus that has most of the same features as flu, and that hasn't been prevented by masking, but sure. And then commies listen to this, and they think it makes sense, and then they go repeat it to people. And all of a sudden, we have people pretending to be educated, pretending to understand something that they've never looked into, and they just enforce those opinions everywhere. And this really does matter. Last year, Anthony Fauci, a guy 99% of America had never heard of, was turned into a hero and the ultimate anti-Trump. He was everything that Trump was not, right? He was super educated and super experienced and a very expert expert. And he spoke in a slow, careful, kind fashion like Andrew Cuomo, another person they lionized or like an East Coast version of Gavin Newsom, another person they lionized. Gavin Newsom, by the way, is now bragging about a massive budget surplus that money largely coming in as a result of COVID stimulus. So they were in deficits, huge deficits due to pensions and other things. And as I've been saying for the entire year, they got Biden in the position they want. Obviously it's not real and that'll be over soon, but he's there and the blue States get the payoffs. California still has, if not the highest unemployment rate in the nation, it's right up there. Why? Because of Gavin Newsom's policies, because of Democrat policies. Kids still aren't back in schools because of Democrat policies. They didn't do any better on COVID than anywhere else. Their economy tanked. And now all of a sudden, they have all this extra cash. How did that happen? Oh, it must have been Gavin's amazing leadership. But Anthony Fauci has this manner of speaking that they enjoy and respect. They think he's very smart. He's saying the opposite things that Trump is saying most of the time. He comes on TV and he agrees with whatever Anderson Cooper says. He's on TV 17 times a day. He tries to take a picture of himself looking very cool at someone's pool. And he's on Vogue or whatever that was. Was that Vanity Fair? (laughs) One of those communist entertainment magazines. Oh, in style, I think it was. I think it was in style. But that's like exactly the sort of figure 
that a brain dead millennial white chick is going to trust completely. Sorry, millennial white chicks. This is what you do. I'm just observing your action in the world. Is it all of you? Of course not. Why would you even consider that? Oh my God, I'm so offended. Is he talking about me? If you're thinking that and you don't like Anthony Fauci, then no, I'm not talking to you. (laughs) But if you blindly follow other people who aren't Anthony Fauci, I am talking to you. Either way, you're going to be okay. But we have like Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan in her little Zoom room in her house. She has a like a throw pillow with Anthony Fauci's face on it behind her. Anthony Fauci is a Nazi doctor and history will remember him as such. He has lied. He is incompetent. He has led this nation and the world into ruin. Anthony Fauci proposed a nationwide lockdown to Anderson Cooper and Sanjay Gupta on April 1st, 2020. It was not the policy of the administration to do that. He came out. He agreed with Anderson Cooper and Sanjay Gupta. And all of a sudden, the 24-hour round-the-clock push was to get the entire nation locked down. That was never advisable. That was a terrible decision. And whatever hand Trump had in that decision by finally approving it for two weeks, that reflects badly on Trump. That was the single worst decision of last year. Lockdowns destroyed people. They destroyed the world. They ruined supply chains and economies. They pushed 200 million plus people into extreme poverty. That's like two thirds of the American population minus illegal immigrants. And that's extreme poverty. Okay. Not like you have a bad apartment in a bad part of town and you rely on government welfare, not that kind of poverty, actual starvation level, dirt, poor poverty. It closed down hospitals so that people missed cancer screenings. They missed elective surgeries. The death toll from that in the long run, who knows? It's going to be worse than the coronavirus. Alcoholism, drug use, suicide, domestic abuse, sexual abuse, all those went up. Whose fault is that? That's Anthony Fauci's fault, and it's the fault of every person who is in love with scientism and happy to do whatever the science says. There is no the science. There is only science. And 100% of scientists actually agree about very little. Just yesterday in the hearing, Rand Paul told Anthony Fauci, hey, There's 200 world-renowned scientists who signed on to this letter saying that you actually were doing gain-of-function research. Is that not the science, Kami? So because you found this anti-Trump hero who's also telling you the science, you believe everything he says, and then you give extra credit to everyone else who also believes him. So Joe Biden saying that he's going to name Anthony Fauci as his director of the science. That's a good reason to vote for Joe Biden now. And because Joe Biden says that he's going to fix climate change and he's going to work with AOC on the Green New Deal, which, by the way, is just communism. The Green New Deal is communism tailored to people who want to be heroes of the environment. Just like the Black Lives Matter agenda is just communism to people who want to be heroes for black people. The teachers union agenda is just communism for people who think that teachers know everything. 
that public school teachers know everything. The Women's March agenda is just communism tailored to people who think they are heroes for women. And the creepiest of those, of course, are the men who pretend to sign on to that agenda. Read these agendas. Honestly, read them. They're all exactly the same. There are slight modifications depending on what issue they're pretending to help. But the agenda overall is the same. And so you find all these different ways to appeal to people that want to be seen as heroes without doing anything and a coalition forms. And as long as no one in that coalition says anything against the other parts of the coalition, they get to stay. Consider how Anthony Fauci and 1,200 public health experts last June wrote an open letter saying that racism was a bigger public health crisis than the coronavirus, so they shouldn't shut down the riots. Now, why did they do that? Normally, a bunch of scientists and public health experts wouldn't feel the need to weigh in on a communist race war that was destroying people's homes and businesses and burning down cities and beating people and tearing down statues. That's not what you might first consider a public health issue that we need public health experts to weigh in on. Except the argument that, hey, these thousands of people out there in the streets rioting, if what you're saying about coronavirus is true, then these people actually present a pretty significant potential source of spread, don't they? And so the communists had to respond. They had no choice. And what did they do? They found a bunch of experts who would say the thing. Why didn't Anthony Fauci, if his, if his primary concern is beating coronavirus, why didn't he come out and say, you know what? I understand that this is a huge problem and that this nation needs some racial healing, but I don't think that this is the way to do it. And this causes significant risk for COVID spread. Why couldn't they all have done that? Because then they're not in the coalition anymore. They're not saying the right thing. They have to say the right thing. Every part of the coalition has to repeat all the slogans of the other part. So what happens is that you end up with this significant portion of the American population all completely dogmatically committed to this set of ideas that they can't even explain. Ideas they have absolutely no expertise in dealing with. Anthony Fauci does not need to weigh in on the environment. Anthony Fauci does not need to weigh in on race or gender issues. But he'll go along with whatever you're saying. This is how we went through all of last year. And the election happened. And we got the same sort of dogma about the result of the election. And it was enforced by all the old guard institutions. The experts say the election's fine. The experts say the election's fine. The experts say the election's fine. The big lie, the big lie, the big lie, the big lie. Bill Barr said no evidence of widespread fraud. Bill Barr said no evidence of widespread fraud. Bill Barr said Chris Krebs said this is the most secure election in history. Chris Krebs said this is the most secure election in history. That's nothing. They don't know anything. They can't build a positive case back for any of this stuff. But the same dogma continues. And so they force this enfeebled old pervert and idiot into a position where he is projected to the world as the legitimate president of the United States of America. Joe Biden is a walking national security compromise. And the truth is he would be that way even if he wasn't 
literally compromised by our most powerful adversaries. Just his mental incapacity alone puts America in an absolutely precarious position of weakness. And how does that play out? Well, all of a sudden, we're good friends with Iran again. Why exactly are we trying to make nice with the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism? Can anyone answer that? Should we be surprised that with Iran's new position in the world granted them by this same group of people, ostensibly led by Joe Biden. Now we have rockets being fired into Israel and Israel is beginning to decimate Palestine. Commies probably aren't seeing these videos at all. Commies have no idea. They're spending their time defending Dick Cheney's daughter. The same commies who believe that Dick Cheney is a war criminal are out there making arguments about why it's terrible for the country that Liz Cheney is being taken out of the Republican leadership. She is the most powerful remaining neocon. There is an obvious and direct line from her to the same brand of political corruption that put the United States in Afghanistan for 20 years. And oh yeah, Joe Biden had no problem with any of that. And oh yeah, we were supposed to be out of Afghanistan by now, but Joe Biden pushed it back. Is Iran behind the Palestinian aggression? It certainly looks that way. But wait, 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 it gets much, much, much worse. This is from the post-millennial. Today, Biden authorized $235 million in funding to Palestinians one month before Hamas's attacks on Israel. Just over a month ago, the Biden administration announced $235 million in USA to, Palestine, to Palestinians. And on Tuesday, Hamas launched a heavy rocket attack on Israel. The United States is pleased to announce that, working with Congress, we plan to restart U.S. economic development and humanitarian assistance for the Palestinian people, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said in early April. This funding was a direct reversal of Trump's policy in the Middle East. In 2018, President Trump withdrew U.S. funding for Palestinians and began a peace process that focused on normalizing relations between Arab states and Israel. The program was so effective that Trump was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize and flights began between Israel and the UAE for the first time. The UAE also offered congratulations for Israeli Independence Day. Bahrain and even Saudi Arabia were brought into more normal relations as well. On Tuesday, in the wake of the violence, Blinken offered his interest in a two-state solution saying that, quote, Israelis and Palestinians need to be able to live in safety and security, as well as enjoy equal measures of freedom, security, prosperity, and democracy. The White House issued a milquetoast response to Tuesday's violence. Speaking to reporters on Tuesday, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that Jerusalem, a city of such importance to people of faith around the world, must be a place of coexistence. The president's support for Israel's security, for its legitimate right to defend itself and its people is fundamental and will never waver, Psaki said. We condemn ongoing rocket attacks by Hamas and other terrorist groups, including against Jerusalem. We also stand against extremism that has inflicted violence on both communities. Oh, extremism, both communities. Interesting. Trump responded as well. In a statement, he said, when I was in office, we were known as the peace presidency because Israel's adversaries knew that the United States stood strongly with Israel and there would be swift ref retribution if Israel was attacked. Under Biden, the world is getting more violent and more unstable because Biden's weakness and lack of support for Israel is leading to new attacks on our allies. America must always stand with Israel and make clear that the Palestinians must end the violence, terror, and rocket attacks and make clear that the U.S. will always strongly support Israel's right to defend itself. Unbelievably, Democrats also continue to stand by crazed anti-American rep Ilhan Omar and others who savagely attack Israel while they are under terrorist assault. And he's right. Back to the article. 
The funding authorized by Biden called for $150 million through the United Nations Relief Agency, UNRWA, $75 million in U.S. economic and development assistance, and $10 million for peace-building programs, Blinken said in a statement regarding the reversal of Trump's funding cuts. United Nations Relief and Works Agency provides aid and relief services to around 5.7 million registered Palestinian refugees in the occupied West Bank, Gaza Strip, and across the Middle East. Biden administration spokesperson Edward Price said in April when the funding was restored that funding Palestinians supports, quote, Israeli-Palestinian understanding and that it, quote, aligns with the interests of the United States. The Biden administration in April also signaled that they want to reestablish the goal of a negotiated two-state solution as a priority in U.S. policy on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, Reuters reported. On Tuesday, Blinken reflected that statement, saying that Israelis and Palestinians need to be able to live in safety and security, as well as enjoy equal measures of freedom, security, prosperity, and democracy. Trump in 2018 had blocked almost all the aid that Biden has now restored and halted all ties with the Palestinian Authority. Trump's decision was preceded by Palestinian leaders refusing to work with the Trump administration's Middle East peace efforts after the U.S. moved the U.S. embassy from Tel Aviv, which suffered under Hamas assault on Tuesday, to Jerusalem. Now, I'm no Middle East expert, but I don't think you need to be an expert to understand that watching a populated place get bombed in retaliation for completely unnecessary and unprovoked attacks is not a good thing for the world. I'm not an expert on that conflict, nor do I pretend to be. But the idea that we are back to sending Iran money and giving Iran what they want, and that there are strong indicators that Iran was the impetus for this attack in the first place. And we're sending hundreds of millions of American dollars to the Palestinians. Well, that sounds to me like a massive crisis in American leadership that has a real death toll right now and could potentially spark a kinetic war around the world. We're already in an information war And a cyber war. This is irregular warfare, a hundred percent. And it has been for a long time, as we discussed yesterday. But it should be lost on no one that this sort of thing was not happening for the last four years. And there's a reason for that. And of course, Trump has a statement on this as well. I see that everyone is comparing Joe Biden to Jimmy Carter. It would seem to me that is very unfair to Jimmy Carter. Jimmy mishandled crisis after crisis, but Biden has created crisis after crisis. First, there was the Biden border crisis that he refuses to call a crisis. Then the Biden economic crisis, then the Biden Israel crisis, and now the Biden gas crisis. Joe Biden has had the worst start of any president in the United in United States history. And someday they will compare future disasters to the Biden administration. But no, Jimmy was better. And despite what The New York Times says, this Biden gas crisis, this Biden gas shortage is very real. The cost of gas has already jumped a dollar from where it was last year. That's insane. The Daily Mail has a great infographic in an article today showing the percentage of gas stations in many of our southeast states that have no gas. Virginia, 7.7% of the stations, no gas. North Carolina, 8.5%. South Carolina, 3.5%. Georgia, 5.8%. Florida, 2.8%. The Gateway Pundit reports that 70% of the gas stations in Charlotte, North Carolina, have no gas. That's a major southeast city that basically can't function. You can see pictures of lines of cars. They're like as long as they were to get food last year because Democrats closed their states down and destroyed their economies. And I hope that 
this stuff, you know, obviously I don't want any of this bad stuff to happen, but the fact that it is happening should be waking people up. If you don't realize that your Biden vote was one of the most irresponsible things you could have ever done while your car is out of gas and you don't have a way to get more, you shouldn't be voting, honestly. You have created real problems in the world due entirely to your ignorance, commies. And no, you had no justification for voting for Joe Biden. On your terms, I will argue any of your points on your terms and tell you why Donald Trump was a better decision for your own priorities. And that's the problem with not knowing anything, with trusting the experts, with not thinking for yourself, with believing that because you are some perfect moral soul, then whatever you believe and the people around you believe must therefore be right. The fact is you're wrong about all of it, including your own moral value. Because you're not making moral decisions in the first place. Hopefully, though, these are the sorts of things that will wake people up as the price of everything rises. As you can't get gas to go to the store, as you see video of a city that people live in being bombed by planes. As you see your TV heroes freaking out about an election audit, they are telling you they know what's coming. As you see neocon, never Trump or psychopaths like Liz Cheney being removed from leadership because she does not represent the Republican Party. She does not represent MAGA at all. She represents the history of the Republican Party. She represents the reason why people like me and people my age always hated the Republican Party. That's what Liz Cheney represents. But that's a real thing. We have these people who believe they're morally perfect and they are out there defending a Republican neocon warmonger who lies about the election, who lies about January 6th. That's why she's gone. And now finally, I want to get to this piece from Just the News. There was a hearing today on Capitol Hill about the January 6th incident. This is Just the News Today. Susan Katz Keating. I stand by every decision. Trump's Pentagon chief testifies on military response to Capitol riot. Former President Trump's top Pentagon official on Wednesday defended before Congress his decisions during the January 6th Capitol breach. I stand by every decision I made that day. Former Acting Defense Secretary Christopher Miller told the House Oversight Committee in an often contentious hearing to examine unanswered questions about the military and security response. Miller told lawmakers that he wanted to avoid sparking fears of a military coup and that he was concerned about a possible repeat of the National Guard shootings at Kent State University. My obligation to the nation was to prevent a constitutional crisis, Miller said. The Defense Department has, quote, an extremely poor record in supporting domestic law enforcement, end quote, including the Kent State incident of 1970 when members of the Ohio National Guard shot dead four student protesters, Miller said. I was committed to avoiding repeating these scenarios, he said, amid sometimes angry and aggressive questioning from Democrat lawmakers. Miller appeared for the latest in a series of hearings designed to examine events of January 6th at the Capitol. Hearings so far have cited failed intelligence, poor preparation, and a delayed and inadequate response to the chaos. Our hearing will provide the American people the first opportunity to hear from top Trump administration officials about the catastrophic intelligence and security failures that enabled this unprecedented terrorist attack on our nation's capital. The committee's chair, Representative Carolyn Maloney, said in a statement. Carolyn Maloney, by the way, also described that as the greatest attack on America since the Civil War. Carolyn Maloney is an insane person. And I'm going to watch the rest of the hearing this afternoon, but I did see a few clips and one of them was Friar Cuck, Jamie Raskin, basically just doing his five minute long spiel about the riot again, the same stuff that he did throughout the impeachment hearing, the same stuff he did in the hearing like a week or two ago that was totally unrelated. He just cannot stop trying to deliver his 
version of what happened on January 6th. And it's funny because during his diatribe, he talked about revisionist history, which is a very interesting way for him to describe what's coming out about the Capitol now. He's acting like the facts coming out, overriding the former narrative, which was just in full a lie. He's acting like facts coming out are now revising history. No, the initial thing was a lie. This is correcting the record. But even within his own diatribe, he revised his own telling of what happened. Now, instead of Brian Sicknick lying in state at the Capitol while they try to pull off the fake impeachment, because Brian Sicknick was bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher, as Jamie Raskin told us. Now, it was just that police officers at the Capitol were beaten and bloodied. That's what he said. They have lost every single part of the narrative, and he keeps trying to hang on to it by describing things in a slightly different way. He is literally revising his own history to try to continue to make the same points that he knows are factually untrue and that the evidence shows are factually untrue. And we have these Trump administration officials in here to talk about what happened that day. But as we said yesterday, there's 14,000 hours worth of security footage from that event that isn't being shown to us. So how about we just watch that Instead of listening to people talk, then we can watch with our own eyes and we can see exactly what happened. Why isn't that the best solution? Well, because they don't want us to know what happened. They want us to know what they say happened and they want us to remember the shots that we saw over and over and over and over and over and over and over over again on the news that day and the little bit of video that we've been showed. Over and over and over and over and over. Paul Gosar asked the former uh, attorney general, the acting attorney general, the last guy under Trump, Jeffrey Rosen. He asked him straight up who executed Ashley Babbitt. No answer. No answers about anything that happened to Ashley Babbitt. Why not? Why can't we get answers on that? Why won't anyone tell the American people what actually happened that day? Instead, we get Jamie Raskin just lying profusely, just deranged stuff. So I'm going to watch that. I'll have more on that tomorrow. I also have to prepare for a roundtable debate that I'm going to be involved in tomorrow afternoon on election fraud, which has been scheduled for two months. Honestly, I thought we were going to do this. I'm doing it with that guy, John Wood Jr., who I whose podcast I was on last fall. And uh, he has a couple of other guests on there as well. But I have to I'm going to go ahead and brush up on numbers and whatnot because it's been a little while since I've looked at that stuff. So busy afternoon for me. Sorry, I'm getting this up late. I will let you know when that roundtable debate on election fraud comes out. And otherwise, I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. 
Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm your moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. It's hell!